Welcome to another episode of Storyteller Studio, where we're gathering our lives through genuine conversations and gladly sharing them with folks around the world. As radio announcers, Liz and Tim believe there's something very special about being behind a microphone and letting their hair down. Sometimes people just need a reason to enjoy each other, either again or for the very first time. And we found plenty of others who feel the same. From artists, sports figures, and manufacturers, to filmmakers, authors, and media types, we all may know bits and pieces about a person, but there's always something more. So while we grab our headphones and turn up the mics, it's your chance to eavesdrop on yet another episode of Storyteller's Studio. Hello and welcome back to Storyteller Studio. This is Tim Larson. Uh, we are not in the studio, but we are on the road a little bit. We came into downtown Rockford to a very, very familiar place that really doesn't look familiar to me anymore. And we'll explain that in just a little bit. Uh, one of my old friends, and we know each other eight ways to Sunday, is Heidi Onabaney. Hello. How are you? I do good. How long has it been since I've seen you? It's been a really long time. I yeah. see your wife and your child, but I don't ever see you. So, yeah. <laughs> And I used to talk to you two, three times a week, if Easy. not more. Easy. Yeah. We were connected not only because of a supplier and a client relationship for literally 30 years, maybe a little oh, less than 30. Since 88. Yeah. Yeah. And then our kids went to the same school. You and Mike and Sandy went to high school together in the same class. So that was a whole different opening of a bucket. And then my son started reporting on you on a pretty regular basis uh, for TV 23. Yeah. And now he doesn't. He's out in Golden, Colorado. And I miss him dearly. Well, but... he'll be back yeah. in a couple of days. Yeah. We may have him <laughs> knock on your door. So the reason we are downtown is the Rock River Valley Blood Center. You might want to think at the beginning, well, I already know all there is to know about donating blood. I would tell you, no, you don't, because we have stories over our 30 years and even just recently that would make your head spin. A lot of people don't know that this is what goes on behind the scenes with donors, recipients, how it gets there, how you take it, how long it lasts, blah, 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 all that stuff. So... Heidi, honestly, we can go anywhere you want to. You sort you of... drive the ship. Okay. You you have the questions, <laughs> okay. and you know what people like to talk about. You know, I can talk and talk okay. and talk. All right. So. Here's what I did on the radio that got people's attention, especially this time during the year, because here we are, December eighteenth, twenty twenty three, and you're in the holiday gift giving categories. So I tease the radio audience by saying, what if I told you that during this holiday season, you could give a gift that would actually cost you absolutely nothing, and it would benefit three recipients, and you get it back. It's like, well, God, if you really think of that, of things that you buy retail, it's like that doesn't add up. It just it wouldn't happen that way. Right. But blood does, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. You know, that's the, the gift of life. You're able to give to someone the gift of another holiday season, another birthday, another wedding they can go to, seeing a grandchild. You're actually giving someone opportunity. That's it. And it's up to three people from one donation. 
And you know what you get back is that I think what you're getting at is that awesome, great feeling that you've helped someone else. And there's nothing like giving. We all love to give. We Mm -hmm. all love to give our gifts at Christmas. We love to watch people open our presents with anticipation. Think about that when you are donating your blood. You're giving a gift to someone and it's such an opportunity to them for their lifetime. And, And if you're okay with giving that gift and never seeing their reaction, then that's even better because you've you've gotten to that level of giving. Like when you give a donation to a charity, for instance, you don't honestly know whether they're going to use that dollar that you gave them for toilet paper for their facility or if they're going to be starting a whole new program with it. You have no idea unless you're very, very specific with your donation. If you just sort of take that leap of faith, which I think this is part of that, And you go, you know what, I'm giving this to people that know what they are doing. They have done it for 70 years. They've got the chain of command. They know how to get things from point A to point B. And I'm going to take the leap of faith and know without seeing that person open up the package that it's going to be good. Yeah, it's definitely a a gift that you know we're going to use it. Mm -hmm. It's not going to go to waste. We Well, because it does have a shelf life. It does. And we work really, really hard to not have what we call a discard rate, where we try to not throw things away. And our discard rate is less than a 0.01%. So basically, if we draw it, we use it. It might not go exactly here, but we're not going to throw it away. We're going to find someone who needs it. So we will share it with another sister blood center or somewhere else to get rid of it so we don't throw out blood. And then you guys have also been, over the years, um, pretty, um, I guess, active, and you jump right in when you know there's going to be blood needed for hurricane victims or a tornado hits a place. They need to tap other blood centers around the region because there's no way they could supply what just happened to them overnight. Right, we have a, actually, it's just a newly formed group called Burke. It's Blood Emergency Readiness Corps. Oh, nice. And what that is, is it's a group of about 20 plus blood centers that have committed to have that magic blood type of oneg, <laughs> which is magic, um, on hand. And we rotate our, our weeks. So we take turns saying that we will set aside X number of units on our shelves that are going to sit there and they will be for Burke. We will guarantee that we'll have X number of units for of the o, o negative blood type available. Then if there is no national emergency, then we obviously can put it back into our coffers. Oh, sure. But, you know, there has been use. We've been activated. So we've been activated for the Texas shooting. We, the Uvalde, we were activated for a hurricane. We, so we do get activated occasionally. And if it's our week, we have to ship it out and send it, which, you know, that is the type of blood, you know, we don't know when an emergency is going to happen. So, or what types you're going to want. And we don't, well, an O negative can go to anybody. That's why I call it magic. You know, it is the magic blood. It can go to anybody (laughs) of any type of blood. If you're an O pause, it can go to anybody that has positive blood. So it's kind of half magic, you know, but But, still, but still, but it can go further. It can go further. Yeah. But the real thing is, is that about 39% of the population is O positive. So if you have a room Mm -hmm. of a hundred people and something happens, a bomb goes off, and 39 of us are going to need O positive blood. We can only have O positive or O negative. Ah. So 
while we're magic for everybody else, because I'm an opaz, it's not so magic for us as recipients. It doesn't work the other way? No. no. So we have to oh. have only O's. O's can only get O's. But Ouch. A's can get, you know, O's wow. or A's, you know. So again, it's not, it is, you know, people are like, what's well, the most common blood? Well, it's going to be the most needed and we can only have that kind. So interesting. yeah, it's really interesting. Wow. Somebody asked me a question when they knew I was going to sit down with you today. I didn't know how to even take the question. So I'm going to throw it out to you. Oh boy. I know it's, <laughs> it's going to be a creepy ass answer. It really is. Why don't they use blood from people right as soon as they die? Because they take blood from them at the funeral home. Does blood die, quote unquote, as soon as the person dies? Because they so, harvest other organs. Correct. Yeah. So cadaver blood mm-hmm. is not something we would use. And, there's, and if you're a blood donor, you and you know this, Tim, from years of donating blood, we ask you a lot of questions mm-hmm. about your lifestyle, mm-hmm. things that you might have done in your life that put you at risk, if you have had risk for infectious diseases. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to know those things. No test is 100%. If our tests were 100%, we wouldn't really care about those questions as yeah, much. we wouldn't do the interview. We wouldn't care. We just yeah. say, line up, and it'll take you and test your blood. But it doesn't work like that. So, so the short answer is you can't ask a dead person yeah, the questions. Can't ask the questions. <laughs> and you can't have, you know, mom, oh, he never did drugs. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Perhaps uh, you don't think so, but, yeah. you know, so Johnny would never use IV drugs. Well. Maybe Johnny did. So again, we need to know those answers to those questions. And that's just something that we can't do. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sort of glad she asked the question. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to getting back to the answer because I don't think she ever thought I'd have the answer. And I go, no, no, no. Heidi will know one There's way or the answer. other. That's right. <laughs> uh, you guys are celebrating their, your 70th year. It is. Yes. I think you've been here for about half the time, haven't Stop. you? Stop. Yes, I yes. have. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> I have. Because we're about the same age and I... I have I've been d- here for 35 years. I've so, done the yes. quick math. <laughs> why are you here and why are you here for so long? What was the first domino that knocked over for you? Was it a aha moment? Was it a trauma? Was it a connector type thing going, oh God, I got to be a part of that? I was working as an emergency therapist at a mental health center. Okay. And I saw the people that came in that, you know, were going to jump off the bridge, perhaps Mm -hmm. were homicidal, suicidal, Mm -hmm. that type of thing. A lot of pressure. Some things happened where I wasn't, didn't feel too safe in that Mm -hmm. environment. And um, I was 22 years old. And I said, you know... I don't think I want to do this. And I had aspired. I was going to get my doctorate. And, I, you know, the path changed. And wow. to be honest, my husband was selling displays. And one of his customers was the Northern Illinois Blood Bank, which Back was then, us. Yeah. And he met with um, who would have become my boss and said, yeah, my fiance is looking for a new job. And I just came over here and I knew oh. nothing about blood. I knew nothing. Oh. Like. No, no background, no anything. And I just went in to be the person to set up all the more mobile blood drives. That, I remember you back then yeah, doing that. That's all you I had did. An office and that's how you and I, well, I actually, did. I was in an office upstairs because it was way before 
when we didn't have the downstairs. Oh, you didn't even. Uh, no, we were oh. just one little building and I shared an office. And that's when you and oh, I met man. because you were working with Dan Ruckman. Yeah, of course. Okay. So yeah. Dan introduced and that's how you and I met and I started taking over that part, wow. part of it. So yeah, it was not something that I planned. I have no heroic story to say that it was all self-serving and I needed a well, job. Well, so. once again, you can say it's Mike's fault. Yes, yes. it's all my husband's yeah, fault. That's right. So, you know, now fast forward, it, I've learned so much. This is a career that I've loved. Yeah. I totally believe in it. I this is it. You know, I'm, I can't see myself doing anything else. So, yeah. And you've pulled other people in along the years, people that yeah. either I knew ahead of time or I became to know, you know, yeah. like uh, uh, Lisa Intrican and Jen Bowman and those types of people. Yep. And they just, they come in and they just sort of become the culture. And I yes. got to hand it to you because a lot of groups, um, that's what they struggle with the most. They can make a widget. They can ship product, but the culture of what's in the building is just not healthy. And boy, when you can nail that, holy cow. Yeah, it's yeah. we've had our moments over the years, but, you know, things are yeah. are good. You know, it's a it's a great place to work. You know, I'll, we'll put a little plug in if you're looking to you get... You could plug away. You want to <laughs> expand your career and you thought, hey, don't eat, drawing blood would be really cool and you've never had a needle in your hand. Mm -hmm. We will train you. Oh. We will make you really good at it. Oh, so my. we actually kind of prefer people to not have had needles in their hands because then we train them how to do it the way it needs to be done with wow. our needle. It's a little different than a, like getting a um, immunization, a shot, or you know, an oh. IV. It's a different size needle. It's a different procedure. So we prefer to train people. So don't be afraid if you can't spell phlebotomist. And Correct. Put it your, we will make you a phlebotomist. And put it on your resume. <laughs> don't sweat the spelling. That's, That's right. What... <laughs> Doesn't matter. So going back to Northern Illinois Blood Bank, mm -hmm. I remember that logo so well. And we've been through generations of logos, yep. generations of themes, you know, because you have to keep it fresh. You know, you do your... Uh, annual vein drain during Halloween mm -hmm. because you need to you need to be back in their face again over and over and over again. Do you remember was, all the neon color oh and stuff God. in the nineties? Glow it's in the dark. It's all coming back. Oh, it is all coming <laughs> back. Don't you have your fire versus police? You've got yeah, that sort battle of, of the badges. Yeah, you've got yeah. the competition there. So I got to hand it to you guys. You will take, hey, come in and donate blood. And that's basically the honest, consistent theme. Hey, come in and donate blood. But you've added all this other flair to it to get people's attention right. or to get them part of a team or grab onto somebody's heartstring. And again, that's what you're really good at. You give them several heartstrings to pull on, then you're going to get them in. It's just harder and harder now to reach people. Um, the younger demo in particular. And wouldn't people say that that should not be the case? Ooh, it should be easy. You just jump on social media and blah, blah, blah. But, well, but you're not you selling know, Amazon. If you know, well, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> I don't have pockets as deep as Amazon. And if you think about where the younger people reside, and, and, and I've asked lots of young people, I'm like, you all don't listen to the radio. You all don't watch regular TV. You stream everything. Mm -hmm. You do not watch the nightly news. So at, at least in its entirety, you may see bits and pieces. Most of them don't even turn it on. Really? Even at most people under the age of 45 don't watch the news. Oh my. Is what I found oh out. Oh my. 
So our, thanks for making me old. Just telling him right Tim, there. What we think is not <laughs> what it is. So no. it's very difficult to find these people, and even advertising like on Hulu or on streaming apps. Most people now pay for no ads. So oh. if you don't have an ad, I'm still not reaching. If you know, I'm still not reaching you if you go no ads. And most people have no ads. Wow. They don't want to have ads. So it's very difficult to reach people. It is that demo, that age group. So we are most of our donors are 55 and up, which is fine. Understandably. For a time period, because you know, back in the olden days when I started here, they had told me, Oh, your age doesn't donate blood. Your age is never going to be, you know, when the World War II people die out, you will not have any more blood. Well, now fast forward, I am the demo and we have plenty of us, but I don't see that transpiring with the younger group because we're not able to reach them. So, so, so getting no, that message. So there's them, no feeder camp. No basically. feeder camp. No. Nope. And I don't know that it's not that they're willing. They don't understand the need. So until it yeah. hits them at home or with a parent or grandparent or a child, yeah, someone that uses blood and they thought, I never thought about where this comes from. People think it just miraculously appears and we can't make it. No, you have to educate them. Right. That's and if it. you're not on any of the venues, I can't, you know, in social media, how big is that reach? Only as many followers as you have. That's so right. if you don't follow me, there is no social media. It doesn't yeah. matter. And yes, you can advertise, but again, it's not it's not the same. You're not reaching the people. You were mentioning just a little bit ago when we were setting up the equipment that um, it's generational donors. Yes. My grandma donated. My parents donated. It's just what we do. It's just sort of, you know, sunk in your head. And it's just part of my routine. Do you see that as being a marketing avenue to, hey, have the talk with your kids and, hey, have the talk with your grandkids? We're coming in to next year with mm -hmm. a generational giving. We're trying to get people, we're going to have a campaign, and it's going to okay. be reaching out to our regular donors, asking them to do something to help us find these, get their kids, their grandchildren, Excellent. bring them in, educate them, because yeah. they have access to them. I don't. Or at least constant access you know you may not sit down and have the 30 minute talk but you can sort of drop a little hint to them every other day that type Correct. of thing or bring them down and maybe we'll have yeah. a little intervention gift card <laughs> of extravaganza i don't know we're going to figure something out yeah. we're going to that's going to start next year and do you think they need the incentive if they don't have the education of where it goes do you think that's the breaking point this is where we're headed. Oh, really? And even our, wow. our regular donors, they like to be incentivized. I'll tell you, when Eric went down to Ball State University, which is um, in Muncie, Indiana, just outside of Indianapolis, you know, when they are in college years, there are a scroll of things that they will surprise you. One, you thought they weren't listening, and then all of a sudden they do something now that they're quote-unquote out on their own, and they go, oh, my God, they were listening. They right. they did hear what I said, and they learned with what I taught them. Right. Whatever it is, doesn't matter what it is. Right. All of a sudden, you know, his emphasis was, you know, trying to move in and trying to get class, trying to know where the campus is. And so, uh, rah, 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 rah. okay, I get this phone call, and he says, um, so how do you think – is the best way to look up a blood center. Now, I'm automatically thinking that he's got a school assignment. 
And because he did stories with you and your people that he'll go, well, geez, I've already done blood centers. I'll just go over here to a blood center and do the story on them because I'm already half educated. No, it was to donate. Yep. And, and I, but I asked him, I said, well, what kind of project are you working on? Right? What, you know, are they going to shoot this? Is it, is it an interview thing? And he goes, I don't know. What, what are you talking about? What are you <laughs> talking about? I go, well, it's a project, right? He goes, no. He goes, I want to donate. And I go, well, hmm, that'll be interesting. I don't know. Why don't you just sort of look it up? And there was like three centers in the area that he could pick from. And one was on the bus route, and off he went. Yeah. So I sometimes you just wonder if it's getting through, and then all of a sudden it gets through, and you go, oh, God, that's great. I think people want to help. I think they just don't think about it, mm-hmm. you know, until it hits home. That, so that's it. I mean, I think we are actually deep down good people. Everybody's good, wants to help, mm-hmm. but they need to act on it. Tell me about apheresis. I wanted to come from you because I leveled myself up to the apheresis because I had more time and I was educated that it would do more. But from a professional standpoint, what is the difference between just donating blood, taking an hour out of your time, and doing the apheresis? So apheresis is when you are actually giving um, your blood is coming out into you know a machine mm-hmm. and we're separating it in the machine and putting it back into your body so we're taking the platelets off centrifuge mm-hmm. okay. it's like a spinning is spin it's like a giant washing machine right in front of you we spin it down yep and we take off the platelets and then we give you back your red cells and what that does is that you know when you donate your red cells you're out for eight weeks mm-hmm. because it takes that long to replace them as opposed to 56 days on a regular donation. Correct. Okay. Right. All right. And so you can do this more often, you know, depending on how much volume we take off of you. It's all math, but you, you can go up to 24 times a year. You can get platelets. And does that spread further? The, does the product go further to yes. more people? So when we take up a apheresis product off you, it's kind of like being giving up to um, six to eight pints of blood because if we were to spin down your pint of blood we get one unit of platelets whoa but when we put you on a phoresis machine we can get up to eight units of platelets so that means it's one single product that can go to somebody who needs platelets because when you need platelets you get more than one Mm -hmm. you don't usually just get one and a lot of people that use platelets are cancer patients and you know it's ongoing it's ongoing and then when you are sick and you have a whole bunch of different people's platelets coming into your body your body has to figure that all out there's a lot of antibodies there's a lot of processing Mm -hmm. it's a lot harder but if you get all six to eight of them from one person simple simon so you know it's easier on the patient but people that use platelets are um accident victims anyone who's bleeding platelets are the sticky part of your blood that help stop bleeding and clotting and then to do all that so we want to um, use them on cancer patients new mothers that have hemorrhaged you know they not only need red cells but a lot of times they need platelets to stop the bleeding Mm -hmm. Um, people um, just cancer heart attacks heart surgeries we use them a lot and they're, we call them liquid gold because you know, they're, they're they're really hard to get. And it requires when you come in to donate platelets that you give us more than an hour of your time. We're yeah. going to want you on the machine for a couple hours. Yeah. And again, it's a huge benefit to us. And we, we have a lot of heart surgeons use a lot of platelets. And so we have a lot of specialized heart treatments in the hospitals that we serve. So they're always asking for platelets. They're hard to get. And 
we need to get them in here. So we always need platelet donors. And from a donor's point of view, the only thing outside of more time commitment, which obviously I had it, so it was not a big deal to do that, mm -hmm. is that when they put the blood back in you, you feel a little bit of a chill. Well, because, yeah, because it's no it, longer body temperature. It, that's it's right. room temperature, because and it's, it, yeah, you get it's a little cold. Yeah, it's gone through a centrifuge, and so they put blankets on you and stuff like that. But Heating that's, pads, but that's the, cozy. But that's the only difference. You feel just a little bit of a chill, and then it goes away really quick, and that's it. Yeah. So if you've it's, got the time commitment and you're already a donor, oh, my God, you could really give the gold. Yeah, really. you could really. And you can watch TV. You can bring in your iPad. You could watch mm -hmm. a movie uninterrupted. You can text. You can do whatever. You're only using one arm. We used to use two arms. Now we only use one arm. So, yeah. so it's a real, it's kind of people like it. They're relaxed. They can sit and chill out. And... So help me out with this story because I don't know necessarily the behind the scenes on it, but the gist of it is that a man was hit going to work by a buck deer. It spiked his lungs and it spiked his face and he was on a motorcycle. Yes. Remember that? Yes. This was years ago. And he, at the time, he used a ton of blood. We didn't have any, you know, we don't know. We just mm -hmm. give it to the hospital. Well, the family came back later a year or two later and said they wanted to give back and they did a blood drive and they were willing to be on TV and to tell people about what happened and show pictures. And, mm -hmm. you know, those are the type of thing that resonate because the backstories, we don't know the backstories, right? Cause it's all anonymous. Mm, we don't, it. unless you tell us the backstories, we don't, we're not privy to that kind of information. Like yeah. we just give blood. We don't get to know who it's going to and all that type of thing. Right. So, yeah, it was really pretty phenomenal and that he lived and, you know, then wanted to give back. And we have a lot of those stories where families come in and they want to do blood drives and they want to help and oh, they good. do them in their communities. They do them for perhaps people that have passed away in memory of people. Oh, there's, there there's a lot of stuff that happens for in different communities. Well, the thing with this motorcycle accident is, you know, it's 715 in the morning. He's going to work and sort of a country road, sort of, you mm -hmm. know, it's up on Maine. And this buck comes out of nowhere, hits him, drives him off the motorcycle into this uh, cement divider with the highways, yep. flips him over the divider and into oncoming traffic. He gets hit by another car. Yeah. Well, a couple of cars behind that was a gal that was an EMT. Well, thank God, because yep. you can imagine the mess that he was in. Again, he comes back in. He wants to do the blood drive. My son, Eric, is doing the story. And this guy keeps saying, I know you from somewhere. Well, Eric has no recollection of who this guy is because he's messed up. You know, it really messed up his face and everything. And finally, they narrowed it down that this guy had worked on Eric's car at Rockford Auto Clinic for years. And, of course, he remembers him coming in to drop off cars. Right. And it all comes back 360 and... I think because of that connection early on with it, before they did a lot of the interview, it made for a better story. It just shows you, Rockford is, this area is a big town, little city. It you is. know, I mean, that's it like, is. we're all, it's like yeah. Kevin Bacon, you know, like on steroids. We know everybody <laughs> about everybody and, oh, I know so-and-so. And yeah, so, yeah. you know, it is. And it's. <laughs> That's how it is around here. So. We, do, we told him that early on. I said, you're going to see a lot of people. I don't really care what category they are in. Manufacturing, the mayor, it doesn't matter. 
I said, you be careful because everybody knows everybody in Rockford. Well, and you he, know what? It's <laughs> And for a half a second, he didn't believe me. Oh. And it was like three weeks in, he goes, okay, here we go. Somebody said they knew you. When I went to school in Arizona, my dad said, watch your P's and Q's. Again, my age. There you go. P's That's and right. Q's. What are those? He says, just watch them. I'm like, Arizona. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, my dad worked for Sunstrand. He had managed many plants, and one of his plants was in Phoenix. Oh, my. And I was out one night, and some man, you know, my maiden name, I said it, and he said, oh, do you know Stan Matson?" I'm like, yeah. Oh, I, he's my boss. Oh, my. And I learned right then, this world is really small. It's unbelievable. And, and you do need to be on your best behavior no yeah. matter where you are. Yeah. because. I would have never thought in the world that someone in Phoenix, Arizona would have said, I know your father and right. I know him well. That's right. And I've been like, what I, if I had been misbehaving? <laughs> I was at the top of the Rockies and, you know, you go up to these sort of pull off areas, you know, and you take your pictures and whatever. This guy, which I didn't know this at the time because he was turned away from me. This guy had a rotary shirt on and I did too. And so he comes over to me and he says, um, so... Uh, what meeting are we going to go to while we're out here? Because you can go to make-up meetings at any Rotary worldwide. And I said, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. And he turned around and he showed me the logo, and I go, come on. And he goes, no, Sevierville, Tennessee. I go, Rockford, Illinois. He goes, oh, you must know. And I think it was like Bob Conrad or somebody like that. I said, yes, I do. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, him and I were blah, blah, blah. And he, this whole big story. And there we are standing on the top of the Rockies. Yeah. It's a small, small world. Yeah, but something needs to be the domino to knock it over. And right. I, it was obviously your maiden name and the right. rotary logo. Right. And then they take advantage of it from there. Right. So cool. Hey, let me ask you, what is the most popular way that blood is used as a product from a recipient? Is it an illness? Is it a trauma? Is it, what, what's, the, what's the need on the other end that is most frequent? It's a crapshoot. If it's an ice storm and there's car accidents, it would be trauma that day. You yeah. know what I mean? Or, you know, people with cancer or heart okay. attacks, shoveling snow. You know, I mean, yeah. again, we don't know what that travesty is going to be. But, you know, I always have a little saying ever since 9-11, somebody's having a 9-11 day. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be on that capacity, that volume, that no, but big. It's on, it's on their terms. But their terms, it's just as catastrophic yes. as it was on 9-11 for all of us. Yeah. So somebody's experiencing that it doesn't matter what it is you know if you're using blood you don't get blood unless you really really need it mm -hmm. it's not just something we therapeutically give to people it's yeah. on a need basis because it's so in short demand and i can tell you from a personal standpoint the five hours difference from getting a blood transfusion on how you feel it's the whole gold magic thing it's unbelievable because you feel like crap when you walk in at 10 in the morning and you know you need it because your numbers are down. Right. And by the time you walk out at four in the afternoon, it's like, come on, let's go play basketball. Yeah. Your color's <laughs> back. You feel good. Oh, you have energy. Oh, yeah. People have told me that, you know, the way they feel before they're transfused, oh. like a Mack truck hit them. They oh, have yeah. no energy. They can't, they can't do anything. They get that blood and they feel like a million bucks. That's it. And- is every unit going to save completely someone's life? Yes, because if you didn't get it and your blood counts are that low, 
you're not going to make it. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. You yeah. know, you might be walking around and how can he be so bad? But if your counts keep going down, you're not going to be walking around. Well, and here's the other part that you're going to feel it gradually, right? Over, let's say three weeks, your blood keeps getting lower and your counts are getting lower and it's gradual, right? Okay. Right. So here you are at the bottom of the bucket and then you go in for a blood transfusion, and then all of a sudden the bucket's full. Well, now, of course, you're going to see the difference and feel the difference because it's not gradual. For those gradual people, sometimes it becomes, depending on how thick their skin is, it's a new norm. Well, this is just the way I feel now. Oh, 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 I must be getting old. No, we can fix that. Yeah. Yeah. Through blood donations. Don't, don't yeah. ignore your health. Yeah. yeah. Say something to somebody because, you know... If you go, oh, you know, they couldn't do this 10 years ago. They can't do it now. Well, that's not necessarily right. Well, advancements. Yeah. We make advancements. Now, the one advancement, though, I will tell you, when I started 35 years ago, I was told, you might not be here very long. <laughs> telling <laughs> you this? Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, they're on the verge of artificial blood. Oh. And this job, I don't know how long you'll have it. Oh, my. Like, well, I got news for you, people. <laughs> 35 years later. Still don't have artificial no. blood. God makes the good stuff. They can't do it. They've tried and tried, and there is nothing even even close. They try to have hemoglobin solutions and things that they could hang on ambulances, and you know that blood is blood. And why does blood have to keep moving when you take it? You know, you've got your okay. Little... Those are the platelets that oh, only not, the platelets, not whole blood. Because remember, I told you okay. platelets. That's like a little bag of scabs. Okay. If, wow. you didn't, if you didn't move it, it would all clump together because that's what your oh, platelets the sticky do. Stuff. Your sticky stuff. So when oh. you get a scab on your body, that's your platelets. You keep it moving to keep it from clustering. From clumping. Get out of here. Yeah, so it has to move. It has to be agitated on a constant basis to keep it from sticking together. Does it have to keep agitated to the very time that it goes in somebody? Um, depending on how we send it no it can be a little bit of time but we okay. usually freeze platelets or we, we do different things to them so it okay. just depends on what we've done to them wow how many locations do you have now four offices we're in freeport belvedere and we have our perryville site over by woodman's and then we have the downtown site on longwood and you're still doing two buses we, st we have two buses mm -hmm. and we actually have two setup units our problem right now is we don't have the staff to run all that Oh. So we're not having as many mobiles as we'd like to have because since COVID, I've been trying to hire eight people since COVID. Man. And now we've hired eight people, obviously, but there's a lot of job moving. There's a lot of moving on. A lot of people have left the area. So we have to replace Man. people all the time. So it seems like we just have these eight openings of trying to fill. Because if we could get eight more staff, we could be fully staffed, and then we could go gangbusters, but we can't but that, do it. But that nasty lingering of COVID. Yeah, just, it's it, affected us terribly. We've had to change oh. our hours. We're not open as much because we don't have as much staff. I had a person that was wrote the website today over the weekend. It's like, I only have so much time to give. We get it. But I don't have the staff to be open that many hours. Wow. I can't be open the hours we used to be open because I don't have staff. Wow. So COVID has done a number on us and people haven't returned. Nobody, you know, there's a lot of people that don't work, you know, they, they work from home or they don't want to work and, yeah. you know, they've changed their whole mindset since yeah. COVID. And I don't get that. Because, I don't either. Because it, just because I changed my mindset today and I decide not to do anything, 
ComEd and NICOR, those people don't change their mindset about me. They are still going to send me the bill. Yep. If, well, if I want to be warm and if I want to have electricity. but I don't I, know what people are doing. I don't get it. I don't get it I at don't all. Get it. You, do you ever see that guy on your uh, mini videos on Facebook? And he'll just see somebody and he'll go, hey, what do you do for a living? And they keep walking. And they'll say whatever they do for a living. He says, what's the best part of your job? And they'll say whatever, creativity or the people I work with or being able to make something every day or whatever the case may be. For somebody that has no desire to say that, I don't understand. What do you do for a living? you got to have a hook to hang your hat on. That's me. That's 63-year-old. You're old. old. Yeah, I know. You're old. I, and know. You... <laughs> I was hoping it wouldn't go there. <laughs> Sorry. But... <laughs> but we have a different, I'm old, but we have a different it view is. on things, it right? Is. And we've become our parents. Wow. And are our kids ever going to become us? I kind of hope they do because, you know, (laughs) I don't think we're all that bad. But I don't know. I don't understand it. And I'm trying to wrap my head around it. And and I try to understand when you get this tiny little explanation, well, that doesn't hold water. And then you get another little tiny one, well, that doesn't hold water either. And they they can't come up with really good. And then you get these other kids that are, Overachievers. I mean, we saw a lot of them through the Boy Scouts, mm-hmm. and these people are just waiting for the next project to come. They're just wound up like eight-day there, clocks. There are so many young people that are so oh. in. They're just all in, and that's great. They are. But we need more of them. Yeah. More they, of them. they need to be in in this category Yeah, yeah, to be able to pay off the deal. Tell me, and maybe this developed before you got here, I do it for the cookies. Where did that come from? I do it for the cookies was here before I got here. That long ago. But, I mean, we've always given away cookies. Yeah. Oh, your so, canteen is fantastic. Yeah. So oh, we've yeah. always had the cookies. And then you and I did the, I do it for the popcorn. Yes. Because we got a popcorn machine. Yeah. So we did that. And Didn't you have a smoothie machine one time, too? We have a slushy machine. Slushy. Okay. We, and we still use it. Okay. Much All right. to Pam's chagrin. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Because she has to clean, clean it? it. Yeah. She has to clean it. She doesn't <laughs> like it. But we have the slushy machines at our Rockford sites. You know, we try to come up with treats. And, you know, we used to have, like, unpackaged treats, these beautiful displays of cookies, you know, yeah. like all kinds of them. But now we have to have packaged treats, Yeah. you know, which is fine, whatever. And but, you know, I'm telling you, <laughs> when I was a donor... Oreo cookies taste better in the canteen of RRVBC. Yeah, because you help somebody. Yeah, that sounds really stupid, doesn't it? It's the same stinking Oreo cookie, but there's something about sitting there with those people, and lots of times you'll have another donor sitting there with you, mm-hmm. and you strike up a conversation never to see that person ever again, and that's okay, and you get your little charge, and off you go. Yeah, it's a great little perk. You know why we make you eat cookies? Well, to replenish yourself. Because no. you, you, don't you feel a little goofy a little bit? And, the, and it's not the food. And the drink. Okay. We right. we give you cookies because we want okay. you to drink. Oh. So that's the oh. that's the secret is oh. that we want you to drink. So and we like to have salty foods. We want to have cookies. Get a dry mouth. You want to wash something down. We want you to have fluids back because wow, we've taken the fluids. We are. A lot cookies, of people won't eat cookies unless they're here. That's right. And cookies are a lot sexier than crackers. I mean, crackers could probably get the job done. We have all the weird kinds, you know, we I mean, do. the kinds that, you know, Nutter Butters and Fig Newtons. Windmills. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know if we have windmills anymore because they don't come packaged. Oh, individually yeah. packaged. Yeah. There so you you're go. going way back. Yeah. Because I'm old. You're old. 
But with that, I mean, we try. Those are the things people don't buy for themselves. I'm not going to buy Oreo cookies at my house. A whole big box? No, because no, I'd take, eat them. But I'll take a two-pack. I will. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll eat an Oreo. I have nothing against Oreos. <laughs> I like them, but that's I'm not going to buy them at my house. So that's a good excuse for people. Like, I can go that get is. these treats and not have to buy them and, and enjoy them. And, you know, when you've got your canteen people and your front desk people, and this is obviously a while back because I, I was diagnosed seven years ago, you have... A relationship with those people. Hey, mm-hmm. Tim, good. It's almost like Norm at Cheers. Yep. Hey, good to see you again. That type of thing, and there, it's just like the Potato Shack uh, up on North Second Street. That is half of the attraction of going in that place. And of course, I give Pete such a hard time. I said, Pete, you know, it's not the food. I mean, the food's okay, and the food is great, by the way. It's the conversation. It's the people you run into. It's right. the experience. The food's okay. And he goes, Tim, I'm not going to be using that as an advertising campaign anytime soon. <laughs> food's okay. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I didn't really expect you to anyway. One thing we do want to um, sort of throw a shout out to are the people that are middle management. And I say that because you are here collecting from the donors and you're preparing it and you're getting it ready. doesn't matter where it goes. And then you have the recipient whether it be a cancer or you're having a baby or it's a trauma or an accident, but it's those people in between, the transporting and the doctors and all those people that if they don't do their thing just right, the house of cards could fall for that person. Right. It's a well-oiled machine. And while parts of the machine don't belong to us, there's lots of the cogs in the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of people that come into play. With touching that unit of blood. Yeah. And you'll never know those people. No. Or how many or. You know, and it it would be great to be able to get up and like have people meet their recipient. Those are great. But those opportunities don't come along because I have to be able to get a hold of who got it. That we don't know that. And a lot of people don't want to be recognized or, you know, it's just it's just one of those things. This is a feel good thing. Get your Be Nice to Me, I Gave Blood Today sticker. You advertise mm-hmm. it. Let people know you're a blood donor. Let people thank you. Wear your your wrap around your arm with a short sleeve shirt yes, when it's 50 below it. out and say, hey, look what <laughs> I did today. Because you should it. be proud of it. That's you should true. be proud of what you do. And people should say to you when they walk by you, thank you for being a blood donor. It's another level of being a first responder. Mm-hmm. And it's not the immediacy of, you know, the fire, you know, bells go off and you jump in the truck and go. Right. This is a prepper's version of first responders because they're going to think ahead and they're going to do it ahead and wait for it to happen. And we say this all the time. It's the blood on the shelves that saves the lives. So if we were to have something happen right now, if we don't have blood on the shelves, it doesn't matter. You can all line up out in the parking lot, it's still going to take us up to three days to get that blood processed and tested and get it ready to be distributed. So we need to have an ample supply of blood on the shelves at all times. We like to have a five to seven day supply. We're sitting at less than probably two right now. It's a dance that we do and we do it well, but but I don't like it. I don't like this dance. I want to be, I want to be like, (laughs) <laughs> really feeling secure and it doesn't there are days that well, we just don't like it you know, I know it's i know it's stressful and if, if everybody that would that's eligible mm-hmm. would donate 
we would all only donate once every maybe two years. Oh, my. And you can give every eight weeks. The swing would be that big. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yep. That's crazy. Yep. Maybe. And most people are eligible to go to give. Yeah, but. So, you know, like, again. Ah, I'm afraid of needles, or I don't have enough time. And, who and likes needles? I know. Who wants know. to be stuck? Nobody. No. But is that little pinch that you're going to save a baby's life. Tiny. You're going to save a mother's life. You're going to give right. another birthday to someone, another holiday. Really? You can't get a pinch? You know. You can't give an hour to give someone that? I got to commend you on a campaign that I think you did like when. Our VBC was maybe 50 years, maybe 60. You oh, yeah. did a Think whole. Back on that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you'll you'll know what I'm talking about because we did banners and we did all kinds of stuff, and it was not necessarily the donors with the recipient, but you had a group of donors. Why do you give? Who are you? What are your demos? Blah blah blah. This is all voluntary, right? Mm -hmm. Nice pictures, great stories, and then the other side with that. Here are the recipients. Not necessarily tied to all these other people over here, but they don't have to be. They still say, well, why did you have to receive blood? Well, it's because of this, that, and the other, this, that, and the other. Fantastic campaign. Beautiful graphics and people. And it was so professionally done. I think it made an impact on those people that are sort of on the fence and they're not really sure. They think they know about blood donation, but they're not really sure. And I think those really knocked them over the head and go, here's the deal yep. and step up. The need doesn't change over time because there's nothing artificial to replace it. Right. So it's the same, same dance, same song, same everything. <laughs> Come in, people. <laughs> people still need toilet paper. That's yeah, right. nothing's changed. Nothing's changing. <laughs> oh, God, that's great. Well, Heine Yonabini, thank you so much for sitting down. I think these stories needed to be told, and hopefully somebody will grab a hold of it, and they will share this link with other people, and maybe that will spread it, not necessarily in northern Illinois and southern Wisconsin, but we're in 24 countries. Wherever so, you yeah, are. It doesn't matter where you are. Blood is needed no yes. matter where you are. It, I can guarantee you your hospitals need right. it. Your blood center and wherever you are right. would welcome you with open right. arms. And if you are a donor somewhere, I don't care if you're in Sacramento or San Antonio, it doesn't matter. And you hear this and you feel the need to tell your need for being a donor, throw it up on your Facebook or your Instagram and inspire somebody else. Yeah. God knows you do it with other topics that are so less important. Yes, we cannot make this product. We, we do not have an expertise. It doesn't matter what country you're in. And it's age-wise, and it's race-wise, and it's location-wise. It's all universal. And so. it holds no denomination. No. Nobody no. No cares what religion you, religion you are. No. It doesn't matter. No. We want you to be a blood donor. No. Nobody asks for your voter card. No, we don't care. <laughs> we don't care. <laughs> Heidi, thanks again. It's Thank so you. good seeing you, you again. You too. Talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us in the Storyteller Studio with Tim Larson and Liz Wilder, where everything begins with the story.